previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. This is right up Mr. Spencer's street as it features music and ballet. I, well, yeah, the moment when I didn't literally shit myself. I can't remember why we had a judge. Because I've had two breakdowns in two podcasts now and I really, I'm not, I'm not on for third, please. This was what I was like live debate inside me Donald Trump. I sound I sound quite pro- I'm not pro- I sound quite pro- so. I say I, castle. Castle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too many A's in that. Too many A's. <laughs> Welcome to episode 34 of the Project Umbrella podcast, testing mercenaries around the world with BOWs and standing tall when our members democratically voted to leave the internet. Hashtag Brexit. I'm Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today on the podcast. He's currently being investigated for having a young boy as his sidekick. It's Batman. He's been, re- <laughs> he's been recovering after just one week of playing Umbrella Corpse. It's Stars Tyrant. Hello. What's brown, furry, and has green flesh? A kiwi fruit? No, it's just an undead New Zealander. It's Rombie. <laughs> he designs the most beautiful and spectacular country mansions, but decides to live in Bristol. It's George Trevor. Howdy. And finally, dining on liberal tears and the flesh of his deceased competitors, it's Mr. Spencer. Hello. Coming up on today's podcast, we'll be looking at all the news, both game news and, brace yourself folks, site news. No sub-discussion today, just a full-bodied look at Resident Evil 7, the tech demo that came out over E3 a couple of weeks ago. And of course, we'll be rounding off with another devilish edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Some particularly nasty questions from our members for you to get your teeth into. So without further ado, we'll start with the news. So we can't avoid it, chaps. The first bit of news is that Resident Evil 7 has been announced and was shown off in all its glory at E3. Obviously, the whole podcast will be talking about it in detail, but this is just the the, uh, the headlines, should we say. Released very soon, actually. January 24th, 2017. I think that came as a bit of a shock to everyone. that It was so far in development, around 65%. And for the first time ever, we're going to have a uh, first-person uh, numbered title, and it's going to be using the not gimmicky in any way whatsoever PlayStation virtual reality headset console thing. Is that the technical? That there, I've had that through from Sony. The VR technical, effect, yes. Um, the game's going to be built up using the new Resident Evil engine, which sounds exciting. And the director is Koshi Nakasinji who did Revelations. So if we just kind of focus on what that encompasses, what, what was everyone's views on the fairly early release date? Can I quickly mention, because you talked about who was directing and producing it, isn't it an interesting fact that the writer is, is a Westerner for the first time? It wasn't familiar to me, but I think he's worked on a previous game. He's worked on uh, Fear and Spec Ops The Line, which uh, was quite well lauded for its story. 
It was very different. No more translation issues. That's not necessarily true. A few years ago, if you told me that a Western writer was going to be doing it, it would have filled me with dread, but Spec Ops is a cracking story. It is, it is a really well... I mean, the game is not necessarily the most amazing thing, but the writing in it is certainly memorable. As long as they don't fuck anything up, then let's go. You know, let's see what happens. The problem with uh, Operation Raccoon City, which was also written by a Western writer, I believe, was the fact that it, it contradicted so much and it was just utter shit. Okay, well, I mean, most of the podcasts we're going to be... Uh, it's going to be, I think, a theory-based podcast, so everyone can have a, have a view on where the game's going. But the other bit of major Resident Evil news, which um, couldn't have uh, passed you by, was that Umbrella Corpse has been released. Yay! Famitsu gave it a really high score, and everyone's like, oh, but the traders are crap. And lo and behold, it is. IGN gave it 3.8 out of 10, GameSpot 3 out of 10, <laughs> Video Gamer 4 out of 10, Game Rant a rather respectable 5 out of 10, which in my view says that's average. I think that's generous. Destructoid 3 out of 10, which confounded most people's views on the game before it got released. I think even YouTuber, the angry gamer, pointed quite rightly out that the game was so crap it didn't even use the uh, the Resident Evil line, so it couldn't have to be associated with the series, but there we go. Can we give an honourable mention to the Angry Joe? That's what I meant, yeah, that's what I meant, yeah. Because that was just phenomenal. (laughs) Yes, well worth YouTubing that. Players have reported numerous bugs with the game, and lo and behold, Capcom are working on a patch and doing some DLC. Yay, but it will be free. And we're going to have two new maps from the Arclay Mansion and the Langshang area from Resident Evil 6, as well as a new multiplayer mode. That's just making a bad situation worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's just spreading the virus even further. Sure, and I think you've got some views on this game. There are no words for how I feel about Umbrella Core. It is redundant, unbelievably bad, irredeemably bad. It sends the fucking series back to 2012, the dark time. And I said, you know, now we've got that out of the way, you know, we're we're healing now. And then 2015 came along and it was the remake and Rev 2 and it was all brilliant again. And then this fucking game comes out and it's, it's done me. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I wrote a fucking goodbye post to the community on Biohaze. I actually published it and it was up for a couple of hours if anybody saw it before I, I decided I was actually going insane. This <laughs> game is just fucking unbelievable in terms of how awful it is. And the experiment as a single player mode is fucking... It's just... I can't think of the words because my brain doesn't work when I allow Umbrella Core in there. But if any anybody in the community, and I'm fucking talking to you all now believes this Wesker clone thing is true, then you can all just quite simply hand your Resident Evil cards in and fuck right off. <laughs> uh, you seriously can. And See, the thing is, I've had people coming up to me and saying, oh, I think it's true. I think the Wesker in Resident Evil 5 was a clone. And I, I just, Jesus. All I want to do is just, I, I just want to just smash my skull again. <laughs> I really do. I just, this is, it's just... How can anyone see that as, as a good idea? People, it's almost like people want Resident Evil 5 to like to have a clone Wesker. And why? Why? Why would anyone want to? Nick, why did you ask me? I'm still like my son who's watching Game of Thrones in two rooms away heard every word. <laughs> he just shouted out, how bad can it so, really be? So you didn't like be? the game, Sean? <laughs> no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not uh, Until we get... Uh, I can't. Is it... I mean, I, I, thankfully I've not played it. Is it so bad that it's bordering on good in the kind of survivor type? No. This is quite a poor game, technically, the, 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 but... I think, I think the biggest insult for me is the fact that they charge fucking 
if you bought the premium digital version, it was like £32. And the thing is, there's like free-to-play games which are made better. You know, they're designed better. They've got much more value in terms of artistry and how it's designed and crafted. There's just nothing. There's just nothing in here. It's just it's a shell. It's a fucking festering, rotting corpse <laughs> of a title. And, you know, and, it, and I genuinely think the only reason some people are giving it a free pass is because it's connected with the Resident Evil series. If it was anything else, no one would bat an eyelid to it. Just... Rombi, have you had the misfortune of playing it? No, I decided to avoid it. I could have still picked it up because I was, you know, I was vocal about this whole canon part of it. But I'm still thinking about the Famitsu score and about how... Um, it's like, do they just not play those sort of games normally in Japan and they thought this is very different and gave it a high score? Or are we just expecting this is a backhanded deal where they, <laughs> they just basically gave it a score for money or for access to something? I don't know. It's horrible. <laughs> I want to talk about the canon and the uh, Antarctic lab because... <laughs> oh my God, we're going to go there. <laughs> It has to be mentioned. I mean, come on. like. Well, I, I'm, I'm still in the belief that this was a game that Slant 6 was working on before they dissolved, and this yeah. is just like <laughs> leftover assets, because there's too many similarities in terms of its visuals. I cannot honestly believe that a boardroom in Capcom Japan thought this was a fucking good idea on any kind of level. It, the thing is, it's redundant from its conception, that's the problem. Whereas, you know, there were rumours going around not long after... Orc came out that they were working on sequel. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised. You know, you're playing as like a, a USS kind of member in this as well. So it's not too hard to see the connections between them. There's also that rumoured uh, Wii U game, wasn't there? Um, Resident Evil uh, Bio Ops, I think was supposed to. Oh, yeah, I think it was, so yeah. I wouldn't, that, I wouldn't that, be surprised if this, this was it as well. I just can't see Capcom, honestly, funding a project like this. It just really does feel like this is just leftovers from a really, really fucking bad idea. Uh, if there's one person that can appreciate what Capcom was trying to do, it's Batman. Oh, it's a cracking game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm out. Uh, don't listen to him, he doesn't like Code Veronica. Well, yeah, it's, it's better than Code Veronica. <laughs> no, I'm done. See ya. No, but what I will say, though, I mean, we knew from the first trailer that it was going to look and play pretty poorly, and it was exactly that. When I got it, it took me like ten minutes to get into it, and then I was just having mindless fun with it. I really don't think the game is as broken as people make out, and although the maps are quite small, you can literally do anything in them. There's vents to crawl through, you can climb up buildings, and the geography for like the village, and the even the Antarctic base is really, really quite faithfully done. And the experiment campaign itself doesn't harm the canon in any way whatsoever. The little sort of tidbits of lore we got were quite interesting, I thought. There we, there we go. I really don't see the big deal with it. Yes, it's quite a poor game, but it was obviously just going to be a stopgap for Remake 2 and RE7, and that's exactly what it is. It, it's harmless. It's harmless fun. Well, we will, uh, we will certainly dig further into those rather diametrically opposed views in a later podcast. Just finish by saying that I, I would probably have agreed with John on all those points if it was free to play. But I just think the fact that they've charged more money than a lot of free to play games that are made better. 
that's you know they've charged a good whack for this game I just want to say I'll agree with that but I think part of the reason I've been so soft with it is because Capcom said it was canon and the experiment was the only thing I was interested in I was fully expecting have it sit down for one of these podcasts and try and think of a valid reason why the RPD would still be standing and why <laughs> Raccoon City would still be there but the explanation that it was a top secret replica for battle testing purposes I thought exactly was... from Resident Evil okay. Retribution the film well no because oh it's, there it's we not, go there we not, go because it's not the whole city it's just literally the front lobby of the RPD and the front street it's, I think it's acceptable <laughs> but then I'm, get, I'm going to mention it the uh, Antarctic base doesn't make any freaking scenes no it like... doesn't I'm not I'm not going to try and defend that that's that's but that's, that, but that's exactly what you just said like how it's easy to justify the RPD but it's like you go, well that is but the Antarctic base isn't <laughs> No, you can't. You can't pick and choose. No, but like the Antarctic base, if some of it was still going to stand, it's, it's going to be much more likely than the police station, which you literally see get completely obliterated. <laughs> this is Rombie's personal campaign not... and crusade against the Antarctic base. <laughs> I watched it destroyed. Damn it! The only thing I, I like Antarctic destroyed, Damn it! <laughs> the only thing I like. Um... Oh, fuck off! <laughs> 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 Right, right, moving on. We have some Resident Evil 5 news. It's been uh, recently released on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. The, the, the games are being gradually released over the year. So early reports suggest a solid port with noticeable frame updates evident in certain areas, however. Players have reported a strange yeah. echo effect with the sound during Lost in Nightmares. Very odd. But otherwise, the That's... general opinion on the internet seems to be quite happy. We've got a new Mercenaries United mode. And there's a new, slightly, uh, we spoke about it before we came on air, new slightly custom camera mode where you can you zoom out a bit so you don't feel like you're Godzilla going through a tiny little village so it's also an action assist designed to help keep the AI closer to the player during the dying status which uh, continually frustrates throughout the game so uh, Stars did you want to explain Mercenaries United a mode <laughs> and we're not talking about Manchester City here <laughs> Fucking hell, Alan Partridge just turned up, man. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, mercenaries were shipped originally with the game, and you had eight characters you couldn't unlock. I believe you had to unlock them originally. And then when the DLCs came out, The Lost in Nightmares and Desperate Escape, they also did what was called Mercenaries Reunion, I think, and that had Barry, Rebecca, Excella, Josh, and alternate visions of the characters in the main game. But you you could only ever play those two modes separately Uh. in the original you play the original eight characters and the new eight characters separately whereas what Union does is it combines the two so you can have ma- you know if you're playing it multiplayer you can have matchups you couldn't previously do like now you can have Stars, Wesker and Rebecca taken from both sets if you like and it uses the scoring system from the reunion which I think is a lot easier to get your combos up and whatnot. so in that sense in terms of content it's kind of the definitive version that they've released because that, that actually is content that you don't have on the PC oh. version the new camera mode is not been patched into the PC version so it, it kind of is exclusive and I will just say the frame rate drops are noticeable unforgivable in some of the cutscenes but in no way are they a deal breaker and I've seen a lot of it online hysteria saying that you know Capcom have ruined the port and things like that it's still probably the best version it has like the shadows alone are better than a maxed out PC version I compared the two side by side the echoing effect you mentioned in Lost in Nightmares has varied between different playthroughs when you watch it on YouTube so I'm wondering if it's certain people's surround setups or anything like that I need to test it for myself I've not quite done it yet 
Solid. It's a solid port. It's, it, it could be better. Maybe we'll get a patch which will fix everything. But compared to like the PS3 version, if you, you know, you take the PS4 version as the best of the two versions that have been re-released this week. You compare it to the PS3 version, it's in every way better. It's a more consistent frame rate. The marsh levels have the full reflections that were seen in the PC and the 360 version. And the, at the end of the day, frame rate drops aside, it still looks fucking amazing. It, it doesn't look like this is a game that's like nearly eight years old. That's, that's a ringing endorsement. But I will say it does have its frame rate issues, which will be a deal breaker for some people. How much is it? Fifteen ninety nine, I think. It'll probably go on sale as well because the Capcom games like Resident Evil Six is in that uh, big in Japan sale right now, and so it's yeah. gone down to to ten pounds. So it, if you don't get it now, it's definitely going to be probably on sale at some point. Seeing how quickly Six was, and also obviously there's the disc version coming out in the US. Oh, I was going to ask about disc versions. Very quickly, what is this issue with frame rate drops? Because I was interested in terms of someone who suffers terrible motion sickness. Resident Evil 5 on the PS3 and 360 ran at 30 frames per second. Quite a smooth experience. The 360 version did not have what's called V-Sync, where it prevents screen tear. So you had a fluid 30 frames a second. The PS3 version did have V-Sync, but it caused often frame rate drops to prevent screen tear, which is quite an ugly looking effect. So it was generally regarded that the PS3 version had the better cutscenes because there was no screen tear in those cutscenes. The 360 version had the better gameplay. PC version ran out of full 60, which meant very fluid gameplay. It looked amazing. Maxed out graphics, it look, looked incredible. The PS4 and Xbox One versions run at 60 frames a second as a base, but they are prone to drops. Now, those drops still mean the game is running higher than the PS3 and 360 version, but you notice it, it gives a more choppy feel. But they're still higher than the previous versions. They are still higher, but some people would prefer to take a locked frame rate, which never drops. Because you could play The Last of Us on mm. the PS4. You could choose to play same. that in 30. Yeah, and same with Uncharted as well, which would be an option that Capcom could patch technically into the game if they were able to work it out. Because, I mean, obviously it can be chosen on the PC version. You could choose to play 60. Now, what you tended to find was 60 played really, really well. And it was very responsive controls and everything. But the frame rate drops meant you noticed it a lot more. You know, all of a sudden it went from being fluid and then you were just like, oh, hang on a minute, that, that sort of section there was a bit choppy. It tended to to drop and you played it on 30 you're not getting like the, the full ex- it's hard to describe but you're not getting the full smoothness all the time what you're getting is more consistency and some players some gamers prefer the consistency of like having no frame rate drops I, my, I myself let the frame rate go crazy and let's see what happens it just results in input lag and you feel that games that are dropping frames feel a little bit sluggish Resident Evil 5's issue, it seems to be number of enemies on screen, so number of the amount of calculation that's going on seems to be slowing the clock on the game's run itself, as far as what I've read online. So the other question I was going to ask is, did I recruit that allowed you to switch the uh, QTEs off as well, like in general, as an option? Yeah, you can, yeah. I think it, oh, even de- it even defaults as off, I think. Oh, that's so good, because I remember mine, especially that Wesker QTE at the end, was just diabolical because there was so much lag that eventually it would always register once and is not even push the buttons when they had. Um, just got so tight that having that off by default is a really good idea or an optional anyway, is it like? It's the same as six. You just can just deactivate them and it'll just automatically do them. I don't even think you get the button prompt. The other thing I was going to ask as well, I was just reading just before, there's some sort of bug in the mercenaries about dropping weapons or something. I didn't quite understand it. Do you know anything else? I've not I've seen that yet, but then to be fair, I've not. I've only 
briefly checked Mercs. I've not put any okay. any time into it. Just something about something that's changed that may need patching. Um, but I I didn't yeah I didn't quite understand it either. Um, I wasn't even much of a mercenaries player in the first place. So it's worth saying that these issues they're quite widespread now, and many of the fans are being very vocal about that the frame rates. That we may well get a patch, but then again they didn't patch the sound issues in the remake. Do any of these improvements make the game less tedious? Nick, don't get, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's called a provoking prod. Do you know what? When I started playing it, I actually thought, you know what? I know this isn't the perfect Resident Evil experience, and I know that some of the fans have got issues with it. But do you know what I like about it? I like the fact that it's just Resident Evil in terms of its story gone epic. And I kind of like that. I tend to look at it beyond the gameplay and more. I just fucking adore this story and I adore the characters and the motivations that drive them. And look, at the end of the day, this is the game that brought me back from the brink, from Umbrella Core. By fuckery, I was nearly out. You've got that perspective of uh, of what they tried to do with 6 and now Umbrella Core. Like, there's definitely reasons to probably enjoy 5 now more than perhaps in the past. But it's just history repeat yourself. Everyone hated 4. And then 5 came out and I was like, 4's oh, alright actually. 5, oh, I hate 5. And then, oh, 4's actually not too bad because they made the storyline a bit more relevant. And then 6, oh, fucking 8, oh, he's 6. Oh, he's 5, yeah, it's great. We always we champion 5 from the day it came out for a story. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The first time you got in that Umbrella Lab in Chapter 5 and you started reading files about James Marcus, it was like the series had come home. Yeah, you know. but... Every time I hear Sean talk passionately about the story, I completely agree. It makes me more frustrated with the game for not living up, because I completely agree with that. I always ask the same thing. I just don't know how Sean can't get past just the complete linear, 100% orientated combat gameplay. The thing is, a franchise being the same thing for its entirety of its existence is not a good thing. And... You know, if I hated mostly everything about the story in 4, I always admitted it played well. So 5 was just 4 all over again in terms of gameplay. But it was wrapped around a story that I fucking adore. So to me, it was like the best of both worlds. I'm not saying it's the best experience, you know, in, in terms of gameplay, because the older games run circles around it. But I am appreciative of the fact that things evolve. And... We're in the 20th anniversary of Resident Evil this year. If we'd been playing 20 years of camera angle games, and yeah. I, I genuinely mean this, if we were playing 20 <laughs> years of camera angle games, I don't even think we'd be doing a podcast now because I think the series would be fucking dead. Mm. It's, it's love, George. It's love. I think, yeah, even I think would have got bored after 20 years of, of fixed camera angle, yeah. For well, me, again, I, I need to get past the motion sickness thing, which is a thing because it, it does affect, I've been online and it affects so many people, particularly with regard to RE5. So I'm very keen to play the HD to see if, if that improves. And also with that pulled back camera you were talking about, maybe the increase in, in frame rate will help that. People have a go at it because they can argue it failed as a survival horror game, but you could argue that it it was never designed as a survival horror game. It was Black Hawk Down with zombies, essentially. Mm. It was meant to with be action-orientated. With some of the best yeah. writing we've had in the series. I, I'm just looking forward to when 7 comes out and we can all start appreciating Ari 6s more like, <laughs> like that. That'll, that'll not happen. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I don't hate Six like a lot of people do. I will just quickly throw him back. If Umbrella Core had the controls of Six, I think I'd enjoy it more. Moving on, we have some minor Remake 2 news. The director of the original game, Hideki Kamiya, 
<laughs> was that was that the death mark? So the original director of RE2, Hideki Kamiya, has been pestering Capcom producer Jun Takuchi for updates on the project uh, because he gave it his full blessing. So he's apparently said that they know that the director of the remake and is confident the game will be in good hands. Whilst he won't reveal who this director is, he cryptically confirmed it was an individual who joined Capcom the same time as him. And that's led to people speculating that it's Kazunori Kaidoi, the director behind Mega Man Legends. <laughs> so there we go. I don't know. We wait with bated breath with remake. The thing is, Kamiya doing that, it's all well and good, but it's not Kamiya. Kamiya is one of like you know gaming's most beloved directors these days. You know some of the projects he's done like Kami and things like that, fucking amazing. <laughs> Just this fucking project's gonna kill me. I asked him about the remake. And that's what got me. That's got all blocked on Twitter from him. I was trying to get a quote for the podcast, and uh, I just said, "What's your feeling about someone else doing Resident Evil 2 remake?" And he fucking blocked me. <laughs> you could speculate to the uh, you know to the ends of the earth, but we haven't even seen a single video, or we don't have a lot of information about it at all. Almost a guarantee is that Fourth Survivor will be DLC, paid DLC. And then, do you want to play Fourth Survivor with a lump of tofu? Sure. You know, that's <laughs> another £5, please. Why? £5 for the skit. I do think Wesker's going to be in it. Because why wouldn't they not put him in? In some yeah. manner. Whether he's actually in Raccoon City, I don't know. But um, Has it ever been confirmed that he's not in there? No, but... No, it's true. He's a stronger tent in one of the Chronicles games, isn't he? Am I, am he I... well, he's not in Raccoon City, you know. No, he's okay. at one of his control desks. One of my biggest fears, though, is that they're going to do like a beginning-style scenario where Wesker's running around the RPD like hours after Claire and Leon have left. I hope they do a proper fourth survival because the, the thing with fourth survival it kind of kicks off halfway. You know, he's got, he's already got the sample. It'd be nice to know how he gets the sample. Yeah, they, they could do with ask, answering the question of what he's been doing yes. for a week. Exactly. That there's a lot that you could do a kind of like a prelude. They'd have to show him surviving for that week rather than just being knocked out for the week. That doesn't make any sense. It's <laughs> <laughs> never made any sense. I don't like retcons as as a thing, but I wouldn't. You know, that would be one retcon. If they redated that, I don't think we'd all be that upset. September 30th, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. ridiculous. And, the, and the, he's been in there a week in the sewers. It's... But there's all kinds of problems, isn't there? Because Wesker's report says he got the G-virus from the sample Leon threw away. Well, that would make, yeah, that would tie so in that as well, wouldn't it? That was one good thing Darkseid changed. Darkseid changed it till he picked it up from the lab. But then I think Archives 1 said that he got it directly off Birkin. Which Operation Raccoon City depicts. Yeah, you never thought yeah. I'd fucking say that, did you? <laughs> I, do, I do. I mean, the, the idealist in us would like to think that play through the outbreak games and uh, link it in even better. That brings us nicely onto Outbreak 2, kind of. Um, Resident Evil 7 producer Kawada Masao has been interviewed by Fumitsu and <laughs> that other than Resident Evil 7 Remake 2 and Umbrella Corpse, there is another Resident Evil title in the works. They're due to announce it before the end of the year, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Was that September? Bet, yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed, outbreak. Which is interesting because that thing which we'll probably end up talking about during the 7 discussion has a calendar with September in the background. Oh, I like Ooh. that. I like that. Could be Umbrella Corps too. <laughs> <laughs> Already? I still want to say, remember that this was the first title they announced for the 20th anniversary of Umbrella Corps. It doesn't even have fucking, like, music. Even if the levels are classic music, I would like it more. A fucking game. Quiet. It's a great game. We've broken them.
Right, site news. We have some site news. Um, Project Umbrella is back open for business, and if if you have an urgent desire to sign up, you can. Somehow the bugs have been fixed, and uh, we found a new hamster to keep the server alive, which is going around his little wheel. So you can sign up to uh, Project Umbrella and become a member on our forums and chat. Great. Right, that concludes the site news and all the news. We'll now turn our attentions to the teaser Resident Evil 7. How did you find this guy? Give me a break, Pete. Hey, I only work with professionals. Speaking of which, make sure the sound is right this time. I don't want a repeat of Amarillo. That was two fucking years ago. I don't do ADR. This new guy? I'm not feeling it. Again? Just don't be surprised if we have to make a change. New plan. We do a walkthrough of the inside first. Then we shoot the intro. Just like we always do. Just try to say the show's name this time, okay? No problem. Tonight on Sewer Gators, another worthless fucking shithole. Happy? Ecstatic. Are we rolling? All right, let's go. Get out of the way. It's locked. After you. So, why are we in hell this time? Do you ever prep? What's the prep? Shitty house, spooky sounds. Ooh, is it haunted? Fuck me. I was an anchor, you know? Weekend sub, Pete. Not anchor. What's that? Nothing. What's the story, Andre? Abandoned farmhouse, missing family, foul play suspected. The usual. How long did you say this place has been abandoned? Three years. <coughs> Clancy, get a shot of this. Let's make a great cutaway. So, uh, Hillbilly Joe and his family go missing. Not hillbillies, the Bakers. Jack and Marguerite Baker. And they were quiet, not backwards. A lot of bad rumors about their son, Lucas. Bad seed, apparently. So, as we know, chaps, this was a pleasant surprise at E3. But I think the subsequent announcement that this is not really Resident Evil 7, but more of a tech demo, I personally think that took the shine off what I thought was quite a good little demo. I myself has not played it. I have not yet upgraded to PlayStation 4. So, um, in terms of first impressions, I want to pass the buck swiftly over to Batman, who very much has played the game to death, and uh, what what was your views on the, on the on the game, or demo, should I say? Well, I was quietly impressed. I think the switch to first person, obviously, is a very daring move for a, a numbered title, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's obviously a different direction to anything they've done before, in terms of getting away from Resident Evil 6. I mean, it's completely unrelatable to Resident Evil 6, which I think is what everyone wanted. The clear horror direction is obviously uh, a good move, and the demo itself, while very short, 
I don't know because it's so early to tell. It's, there's very little in there. You can't even really guess at what's happening. But I'm quietly impressed. You know, it's obviously going to be a much smaller, more contained story, and they've upped the horror factor. My only worry is that it's obviously going to be fully compatible with virtual reality, and I'm hoping they've not designed the whole game around that. You know, hoping that's what's going to make it a success because they've tried that before with Outbreak. We've talked before about how Outbreak was way ahead of its time with the online element, and I'm hoping the same doesn't apply here. I'm hoping they've not made it into first person purely for the sake of virtual reality. Mm. Uh, Rombi? I fell asleep before the Sony conference and that was about one o'clock in the afternoon here because I'd stayed up for the Microsoft one uh, <laughs> and I woke up and I just, I literally just missed the trailer. <laughs> like I woke up just after it played and so I had no idea what was going to have been on at all. I was just continued to watch and I was like, oh, what if this come beforehand? I'll catch up on afterwards. And then, of course, I started seeing these messages going, oh, my God, seven, oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so I quickly caught up on what I'd seen. And then, of course, the demo announcement came out around the same time. I had trouble getting the demo and it still hasn't actually been released to the New Zealand store. There's a classification issue. So I had to use the UK account to get it. And the demo on first look, I was really impressed by. It, it does obviously feel a lot comparable to PT and other first-person kind of horror walking sims, but that also comes with its pitfalls about replays. It could be like one of those games that's really a one-and-done deal, but replaying it can be quite a struggle. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there's probably more to say, but I'll kind of let other people talk about it first, I think. Stars? I think it's pretty fabulous. I thought the announcement was masterfully done. I thought the actual trailer that has been released is really fucking good. And the the demo itself is fine. It's very short. There's not that much to it. And, you know, people are still debating aspects of it, although Capcom have come out this week to say be patient. But I think in terms of of establishing a mood, I think it does it rather fabulously. And again, like I said when we were discussing Five a few moments ago, I'm not afraid of change. And I'm really, really interested to see what they've got in store. And the trailer shows there's a lot more beyond the demo. I mean, it shows a police car in an urban environment. So for all these people that are thinking, you know, it's just going to be an isolated game in a haunted house, I think there's a lot more to it. And I think they're keeping their cards very close to their chests. It's very interesting. I would say, before we ask George for his opinion, I, I would say what you've said, Sean, about going in a different direction. I mean, first person obviously isn't completely alien to the Resident Evil universe. Yes, for a numbered title, but I don't think it's a huge jump. And no. uh, and I think it may work. So George, what, what did you think? Brief impressions. <laughs> I knew you were going to use the word brief before, <laughs> before I open my mouth. Um, if you asked me this question when we should have all been organised enough to do the podcast two weeks ago, like right after it broke, I'd probably give a different answer because I think now looking back, I'm almost looking at it with like changed tinted spectacles. I was so excited for it afterwards. I wasn't expecting that. I know there were rumours about it and the VR kitchen thing. When RE7 came up at the end, I was just like... Fucking yeah, just yeah, yes. There's just so much joy attached to the fact that all of that gameplay that we saw and my view was very much as Stars just expressed his at the time. But now looking back, I know these are sort of can be lazy criticisms, but I think it is generally very tropey and there isn't a lot of originality in it. It's very original and unique for Resident Evil, but just in terms of what's already been done, I think they've just taken a lot of things, tropes and themes from from The Ring and from Blair Witch Project and obviously from PT. But I can almost overlook that, just the bravery and, and the freshness that this could bring, this complete change-up. No, that's, that's always encouraging. I mean, you know, from my point of view, I, I, like George, were completely blown away that Capcom have 
seemingly listen to us, which I find quite incredible. I love the trailer. I like the little glimpses of things. You're not quite sure. You get there's like the floating leeches. I like the hints of creatures. You know, you see like the bloodied hands, and I think bats. I think you said. I think we spoke about. It. You said it, it may as well have been out of the 80s. You know, set in the 1980s. It seemed very. Yeah, it's very retro, wasn't it? Like old, yeah. old style telephones and. Mm. VCRs, yeah, yeah. But it was good. Mr. Spencer, what are your brief impressions of, of the Resident Evil 7 demo? Well, it's, it's very, very different to uh, what we've come to expect over the years. Because I was watching it at E3, a lot of us were, and uh, when I first started seeing it, I bet our mind was sort of going, could this be? I mean, it can't be, because it's the gameplay is so radically different, it, it can't be. And, but yeah, it was looks very different, I was going to say, yeah. Not what I was expecting. So if we, if we focus initially on the, the, the kind of horror element um, within the demo, I said a minute ago, it kind of has this retro feel. Do you think there's been an in purpose intention to try and drum up support, to try and get the fan base talking again? We've just tried to ram it down our throats, haven't we? That they are definitely trying to return it to horror. I think we can safely say there's not going to be any 50 foot tall uh, Lord of the Rings trolls or robot Salazars or people who mutate you know, ridiculously in, in a matter of seconds. I think what Capcom has shown us with this demo is that they are going for realism. And if the game feels realistic, then that's where the horror factor comes from. Because, yeah, that's because it's point, believable. Yeah. I mean, the demo itself is full of cliches. You know, there's hanging little voodoo dolls, there's creaking doors, there's, you know, everything you'd come to expect from, like, an 80s horror. I think that's the whole it's... purpose of this demo. They're just wanting us to know that it's going to be horror. It's not going to be I mean, horror for the first ten minutes, then action. It's going to be horror. They're scaling just, it down as well, aren't they? Yeah. They're scaling it back. I like the fact that they've, they've said that, you know, there's not going to be any heroes in it. You are, an, you know, a completely non-exceptional person, just basically trying to survive. That's all you are. And um, you No know, that, boulder that, smashing. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, you bring up the boulder, but that's been mainly you. Is that Capcom, Capcom themselves have been promoting that. In the yeah, you know, so that's how sort of ridiculous that that sequence has become. And the fact that, you know, you've gone from Chris Redfield heroically punching a boulder into a lava whilst fighting a ridiculous Wesker in a volcano to wielding, a, wielding an axe trying to survive against a, a hillbilly in a Southern American home. Yes, it kind of looked a bit like the film Wrong Turn. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The idea of having it on a an isolated plantation farm is a cracking idea as well. Oh, it could be really fucking scary. That could. Yeah. <laughs> it could be really fucking horrible. So you said it was on like a plantation farm, and I had this little theory that's probably not even right. But when you think of plantation farm, you think of somewhere in like you know the southern states of America, somewhere you know that kind of area, like sort of you know Alabama or Tennessee, places like that, and I'm thinking right. Who in the Resident Evil series had a southern drawl? Derek Simmons. Mm-hmm. Right? And then he also say, welcome to the family. What if the family is not really like... What if it's a family in a traditional sense? I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm trying to piece together. You know. Do you think they'll go to all this trouble to distance themselves from the mess of RE6 to then directly link it with a reference to a main character? Yeah, but the family are like an unresolved plotline. There's no harm in taking a plotline like that and scaling it back. I'm talking more in terms of Simmons, but... 
yeah, there's no harm in just sort of taking a. I mean, yeah, Ori Six was a was a disaster, but there's no harm in just sort of taking a part of it and going right. Here's the one little plot line, little thread. They have to own the plot of Resident Evil Six as part of the canon. I mean, they've, and they've not shied away from saying that while this game through the demo looks unrelated, it is related, and people will find out how it's related to the main series. And obviously, there's obviously the single link that we clearly see in the demo as well with the photograph. So yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised either. There's no reason not to. A lot of people criticised as well playing it. They said, "Oh, it's, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil," which I think is a bit harsh considering the demo's literally five minutes long and you don't really get anything in terms of plot. But mm. something as simple, like you mentioned, that picture of the helicopter with the umbrella logo. As soon yeah. as you see that, it just it brings everything rushing back up to the surface again. And I think the final game will have plenty of connections to the overall lore. I'm really interested to see, because they've said this demo is not related to the main game, but the thing is about the opening and ending scene are actually directly from the kitchen VR demo, and there's actually more to it that we didn't see in regards to the way it ends with the woman's face on the screen. In the kitchen demo, it actually continued where she grabbed a knife and eventually stabbed the person who ends up being the camera guy, which isn't shown, but that was part of the kitchen demo itself that was released at E3 last year, and not this one, but the previous year. So it's, it's interesting that there's part of the demo that is, it doesn't exist and whether or not that's going to eventually be added to the demo or come out in another form. It, I'm interested to, to know, and then obviously if that has any actual impact on the on the story at all. I know who you are. Who, who are you? Memories hold the truth. Don't let appearances mislead you. I may be a bit old school in this, uh, but I kind of said it in, in a kind of introduction. It, it's all well and good releasing this, but I, I'm slightly concerned as to what is the point. If this isn't going to be in the game... I think it's canon. I just think it'll not be featured in the game, but it's like a playable prologue, if you like. Yeah. I think the location of the house itself will be in the game. I think all the events of the demo will be yeah. in the game. What they'll probably do is you'll probably be someone who finds the corpse of the person you played in the demo or something like that. It'll be very loosely I'm, connected. I'm I, pretty I, sure they said that the location in the demo isn't in the game. Right. Because it's in the trailer, but, isn't it? It is in the trailer, which is... But this is the thing, is the trailer all footage from the final game was the trailer footage from the demo and the game. Mm. Just because they were selling the demo. But my thought is, and I, I've said this to a couple other people, is just the, the idea that perhaps you're looking at this in a kinship to the original game. Whereas if you think about the hikers missing in the woods brought the Stars team into the forest, mm. people missing in the southern... In the, plantation area may bring in someone who's looking for someone like a family member or some sort of like very low-key private detective or someone who hasn't got this massive amount of skills but it could be easily justified. Also I think that the main point of this is because there's been such a change up in style and gameplay because when we were discussing this for another podcast I was mindful that we might be looking too deep into it I mean at one point we were discussing the number of plates on the table and the fact that you know if there was Mr and Mrs Baker and their son then perhaps their son you play as the son because if you know these are just the plates that belong to just a couple that are in this house I think too much can be read into it and initially I was very disappointed when I heard that news Romby mentioned that this house wouldn't be in the game but then more considered thinking well perhaps very little will make it and this is more Capcom you know almost at the time dipping their turn in the water and seeing fan reaction and seeing if 
there is going to be a huge backlash and um, obviously we've got that release dates already set in stone but how much of, of the remaining percentage of the game that hasn't been developed you know that could go in a different direction depending on what that fan reaction was so I think it was more about you know the style rather than anything quite significant making it to the main game but even if this house isn't in the final game whatever is you know the location is going to be very very similar the decor the mm-hmm. sort of dilapidated 80s style is going to be there and one of the benefits from first person I suppose is being able to scrutinise all the details close up you know more than we've ever done it before like I know George is a big fan of like examining the paintings in remake and that but with first person obviously we can literally go right up to them and look at every detail I was going to say that's my only drawback like, in detail visually it's really good but there's not a lot to actually examine or yeah. look up so far and I'm really hoping that the final game maybe just has a little bit more of that element there would have to be because I think one of the things in the I think it was Eurogamer review mentioned that that if you're going to have this PT style slow repeated sort of exploration you need to have things to look at mm. yes again I'd, I'd like I think even if it's first person and, and you get to have much better looks at these things than you've ever done before I, I wouldn't still mind there being the action button mm. so you can you know, you know you see the picture you can look great at it but then you know you can't read the description or something like that you know oh this picture looks a bit funny something like that as we've often said on this podcast little things like that really do add to it Uh, it sets the tone so I think some of the descriptions in Remake this woman looks distressed or you know that this person has a sinister look or even there's a painting that's been ripped out and you just think about the mystery you never know there's lots of those things about remaking the mansion that actually don't really make sense I think did Rombie I think ask why there are all those stars stories in the in the residence the stars cuttings and just little things like that that make you think oh who's done that and, and why was that terminal only recently used I'd be interested to see if they did it a different style, if they did, if you could hear that once we know the character's like an inner monologue rather than text on a screen. That would be kind of an interesting way of doing it. I'd love audio files. Well, I think one of the strongest aspects of this demo was the VHS tape and the playable flashback. That was masterwork. Yeah, I thought that was really, really good. And I'm assuming the final game will have more of these tapes because the files in Resident Evil have always been one of the strongest points and that's taken it to the next level. Especially if the flashbacks influence what happens later on when you play it in present day that was massively clever wasn't it you know when you can actually affect present day through what you do in the flashback you know it's like an advanced version of like the zapping system from Resident Evil 2 you know when you did something Leon's campaign that directly affected it was you know it's like an extension of that and you know as a storytelling mechanic could be really cool isn't that technically like time travel then or something because if you're zipping back and forth in these characters well it's it's sort of an extension of what George was saying like George said oh yeah in previous games you could go up to a bookshelf and it would say you know someone someone has evidently been searching through here recently whereas if you watch it through these tapes you get to see exactly what happened which I think is quite clever My concern would, well, I say minor concern is a trivial concern. If you do get to go play these flashbacks, then whilst you have quite a personal game, what would then be almost like the canon version of events? Would it be somewhat difficult to say, well, I got, I got this, which is the right? It's always going to be the same. I mean, essentially, it's like a puzzle. You know, To be able to progress, you have to have seen what was in the tape that allows you to get past. So the way it works in the demo, essentially, you get a lockpick that allows you to access a drawer... Yeah. and there are other things that you'd find a handle under the fireplace that unless you know it's there you can't look for it you wouldn't look for it but having seen it in the VHS you can use it and you can then when you replay it you can opt to use that 
trigger straight away. And that's not time travel, that's just information. It's always there, it's just how it was originally shown. And so it can't change. It's not like in order to progress, you're going to have to pull that handle. Yeah. My only issue, there's two twofold issues. One is that I think I read a developer interview where they said there's an element of the demo that was a gameplay trial and they're not really sure if it's going to be in the final or isn't going to be in the final product. I'm really hoping it's not the VHS thing because I think that is really good. And secondly, the thing I actually mentioned early on, which is um, the unfortunate part of it, the VHS bit that I don't like is the fact that if you replay the demo, you have to go through the whole dialogue system and you have to wait for the characters to play out their scenes. There's no way... which yeah. in my sense would be brilliant a fast forward option because it's a VHS tape you should be able to fast forward or rewind it and if that's the case then it only adds more interest and depth to perhaps seeing stuff that you haven't seen or, and chances of replaying the same VHS tape more than once in order to see something different you could stop yeah. the tape though couldn't you in the demo I think that's about all you can do yeah. you can't fast forward which would be great and there's there's an invisible wall section when you get to the kitchen and the guy has to yeah. disappear the, the sound guy abuse the guy yeah, um, that's true, yeah. you can't literally get past an invisible wall and it's kind of really it kind of starts to show the scenes of the demo but do you think the events of that flashback tie into the game at all or do we think that was just a, an experiment for the demo that this sort no. of ghost hunting team or whatever it was I think, much like I said before, personally, about the idea it might be a catalyst for missing people. I think the demo will feature in the game in some way, even if it's just a throwaway. It seems a lot of effort just to have Mm. it as a test. Because the thing is, it's become a bit of a phenomenon. If anyone signed up to the Ambassador program that they launched the same day they announced Seven, everyone received an email this week to say um, the dummy finger, which has driven the internet mad over the last two weeks, (laughs) will have a feature in the future. And a lot of people have noted how the first thing that happens when you launch the demo is it creates a save file. You know, why would it create a save file if you're just playing a demo? I think someone else made a point along those lines that there are more inventory slots than you need. Yeah, or, well, I mean, I think a lot of that's from the main game itself. And, I, you know, maybe the axe is just to show that the main game will have a combat system of sorts. But I wouldn't be surprised if... I mean, because, like, one of the theories is the reason why it's only available on the PS4 at the minute is because the PS4 is generally a closed system in terms of the fact that it's not been hacked or broken yet. Whereas if they launched the demo on a PC, it would have been data mined by now. And people would have found every trigger that is in the demo Mm -hmm. and things like that. Go back to when, like, the Resident Evil 5 demo came out on the 360 and it got data mined and people found the boss battle list and everything like that. And if you remember, REH leaked the entire fucking thing on the front page. Mm. I was going to say, you've just actually triggered something I was thinking about. So, as I said earlier in the news section, there's that same email from the ambassador thing has a calendar of September in the back behind the finger. Oh, and, is it? Oh, I'll have a look at that. Yeah. I've got that email. If you have a look at the email, look at the picture, and you can see the calendar sitting on is September. So my thoughts are that at TGS, they're going to show another trailer, and there's going to be some sort of update to the demo for people who have got it. But my thoughts are the reason why it's on PS4 and why it's a PS Plus thing is the VR aspect of it is PlayStation only. It's only going to be supported. The, the other versions won't have any VR support. They're making it specifically the VR for the VR on PlayStation. So I'm thinking the release date for the PlayStation VR is in October. So I figure that there's going to be an update with either more content and also for people who end up buying the VR in October, they'll be able to try the demo in VR uh, the following month. That's my theory, and it'll be on the show floor at Tokyo Game Show. Mm. That makes complete sense. I can't believe I've I've just seen it now, just looking at the picture. Yeah, I can't believe I missed the September. It's so obvious. 
So that's my theory on it. Whether or not it's true, it could be completely off base and it ends up being completely totally different because it's Capcom and they completely do this sometimes. But that's my theory. I mean, it's so close to being released. They're obviously, well, that's, that's what I was going to say. But when you mentioned about it being on the, on the show floor, yeah, it's, it's a matter of months before release. So yeah, I think we mentioned earlier about this, the VR element. I, I hope it is. You know, I hope it's still very much playable and a good game without the need for the virtual reality. Because oh, VR probably... just makes you feel sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, demo, the demo plays fine. People have tested but, it. And... Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. The E3 feedback seemed to be a lot of people, people who don't even get motion sickness, said that they got sick playing this. There's something not quite... A lot of theories that it's, there's something about the camera to body movement that throws people off quite a bit. Because I think you can control the camera independently of your head movement and people are looking at stuff and moving away from it at the same time, and it's disorienting and making people sick. So whether or not that's something they have to fix or will, will fix, I, I'm not sure. Dragon's Lair, that, that's one for the teenagers. I've been trying to think since it was announced, Diary 7, what's the game I'm thinking of that was launched and had everything to do with the technical ability, and it was a, a complete revolution in what it was, but it ended up with having absolutely no gameplay at all. It was stunning to look at. Dra- I don't know if anyone knows the game I'm referring to. It's like a cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah, the cartoon, yeah, Dragon's yeah. Lair. And I remember I seeing yeah. it at Thumbfair. There was like a huge crowd around an arcade, and I was like, what is this fuss about? And tried to get through the, the crowd, all like twice as big as I was about nine or something at the time, and getting to see it. And I just the wonderment of what was on the screen. But no, it, it was completely unplayable, and, and I just worry if this is what this is what this is going to be. It's very much a, a gimmick in terms of the VR, or if without the VR, it's just a completely broken game that can look at it. It looks very pretty, but there's no gameplay. No, I think it'll be fine. I mean, I've played the demo extensively, and to me, people talk about things like PT and Outlast, but for me, it played almost exactly like Condemned Criminal Origins, which was a launch game for the Xbox 360. Mm. So, I think it's going to be a bit like Alien Isolation, where that has a, like a VR option. You can yeah. play it in VR, you'll feel sick from it, but it's perfectly playable without VR. And I think they're going for the same approach. I'm hoping it is a lot like Alien Isolation. If they capture just an ounce of the horror that game had, fucking hell. <laughs> I was going to just say, I think I think Rombie may have mentioned it, that the problem with replayability when you, you have that issue, I know Bats is a big fan of that game, but did you find that... that you know, constantly not being on the run. Like certainly the first section with the alien is fantastic to begin with, but I, I kind of found myself actually not playing Alien Isolation as much as I thought I would. It's a frustrating game because the alien's pretty much shackled to you. You have to sort of use your imagination mm. and think it could be anywhere, but because of the game mechanics, the alien is never more than really 20 or 30 metres away. But yeah. it all depends on how noisy you are, obviously. I mean, I, I just thought that once you've got the flamethrower, and you could challenge it a bit. It was amazing to see the AI take centre stage. Maybe aspects of Resident Evil 7 will use this, but you know, you could use the flamethrower to fight the alien back, but eventually it would just get so fucking pissed off. Yeah. And it would just kill you. It was the same when you hid in lockers. It would learn. So whenever it came out and it couldn't find you, it would literally go around and open every locker it could find. Now you imagine a Resident Evil game that uses those kind of mechanics. Yeah. It's fucking oh, wow. terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and nem- I, imagine I, playing I, Resident Evil 3 with a nemesis that actually learned oh, your trait. Yeah, that you seems did. like a, that idea of doing that where there's something hunting you and there's a sole enemy. Which isn't like people have made those, we were talking about it before as well, the fact that the, the tropes are there and stuff. There is that, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque element to it as well and you know it's essentially a type of that we've had chainsaw wielding enemies in the past it's that element of just a single person that can potentially pop out 
My only concern with the VR element, they started this last year, obviously, well, they've obviously been working on it for a couple of years, but last year was the kitchen demo, and which tells me there was a focus on VR, and whether or not that took precedence over the, the game as well, is the only other bit of that VR concern that I had. I know who you are. Who, who are you? You will have to say goodbye eventually. But will you be ready? I was just thinking about the trailer showing what appears to be zombie type creatures and I wonder if that is that shot of you being dragged or someone's being dragged on the floor by quite a, almost like you know, a big muscular, almost like a big man Magini type I wonder if he would take that role as being the... Well, no, that, the guy, that guy is the guy who punches you in the face in the demo. He's just... Well, family. Yeah. He's actually carrying the woman who stabs you or kills you in the last cutscene over his shoulder. Oh, right. If you look at a screenshot of him, he looks straight out of Resident Evil 4. If you didn't know it was Resident Evil 7, you'd think he was just a Ganado He looks, like, he looks like Walter White from yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> but in Ganado form. Yeah. He's all blooded and his eyes are barely open. We haven't got an indication as to what kind of creatures these are yet or what well, the, infection. The sort of theory I've seen that takes shape is the fact that this is an old, disused testing area for Umbrella and that the photo is them from on high, you know, in a helicopter taking photos of the area. And, you know, this family is just trapped in the middle of this... Set in 2017. Hmm. But it seems quite isolated, that, that whole idea of old technology, yeah. people missing for a while, it does seem like there is a quite a big isolation factor to it. Personally, I don't think the family from Resident Evil 6 is involved. I think that reference is to the family who lived at this particular house, and they're obviously central to the plot. And I'm sure you're all familiar with the X-Files episode, Home, with the Peacock mm. family. But mm. someone did like a comparison between Resident Evil 7 and shots from that, and some of the shots are lifted pretty much straight out of X-Files, like the, the portrait of the family on the wall and the big American car parked outside the house. It's literally lifted straight out of that episode. What a horrible, horrible but brilliant episode that was. Mm. Fucking, I've never been so unsettled the first time I saw I mean, that episode. That's the thing about this new family, whatever it's called in RE7, whoever this family are, you know, they like to uh, like to stick to their own, don't they? You know, see the big-eared boys on farms. Yeah, that's what it probably is. It's I would say they're maybe worth survivors of some uh, experiment that Umbrella did long ago and they have resorted to things like cannibalism and incest. I just wonder what experiments Umbrella would have done well, that would have resulted it... in such intelligent, effectively intelligent BOWs. Well no, because we've not, we've not seen any BOWs yet, we've just seen a what? blooded guy, that's it. Yeah, but you're assuming he's infected with something. Well, he's maybe not infected with something, he's maybe just survived whatever the yeah, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not seeing him as a BOW, although the trailer does show, like, it shows you things breaking down on, like, a molecular level, it, it, things start to dissolve. Rotting and dissolving, yeah. yeah. I have a theory, though, about this family. I reckon that, you know what, the N-way sort of, like, goes, welcome to the family. What if that's how their family, quote-unquote, reproduces? They don't do it in the traditional sense, because they're all probably, um, what's the one looking for here? Well, you can't have children. You're infertile. Stira. Sterile, that's it, from, you know, inbreeding and such, so they basically kidnap people from outside, ideally women, and just bring them in and use them to try and, uh, you know, extend a bloodline more. That wouldn't surprise me at all, and maybe that's what the female ghost you see in the trailer. 
this sort of silhouette of a woman plays quite prominently in the posters and the you know the trailer and obviously you see this ghost of this woman don't you I think you can see her in seven different locations but only in the VHS tape yeah that is worth mentioning that it, it could yeah. all be a, a, a trick is it I mean it does seem a bit of a if it is not the family from RE6 I mean I don't know the RE6 files that well is there any way that they could be linked in the sense that can the RE6 files be interpreted in such a way that it, they're it, not it, quite it, so Patriot-esque they're open enough that they could interpret it however they want I mean you know look at the things Revelations 2 did in terms of tying in you know if you've got a writer who's clever enough to make it happen look at 5 you know yeah. hell that they managed to make Jill's Infection from Resident Evil 3 work in terms of the storyline to that game the only thing I would say is this is the first time a Western writer's come along and I just can't imagine Capcom would have brought a Western writer on who's already acclaimed for doing things like Spec Ops and saying, here, these are the Resident Evil 6 references you must get into the game. Yeah, I don't think anything from Resident Evil 6 will be in this because they're just wanting to distance themselves from it. I mean, it could work because the family was very, very ambiguous. We, we learned almost nothing about them. It was all about Simmons, really but they were essentially the government behind the government. They had access to unparalleled wealth. You know, they had facilities all across the globe, so you've got to ask, what would they want with a, an abandoned plantation farm in you know, Louisiana or wherever it is? There's another X-Files parallel right there, the syndicate. Yeah. They were basically the syndicate from X-Files, the family were. Yeah. I just wonder, because the revelations of the family in RE6 have been so negative, it's just like, oh, do we really need, as you say, government of the government? Conspiracy theory concept, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Everything... But actually, really. If, if Resident Evil 5 introduced Alex Wesker and Revelations 2 cleared that up, then I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Res 6 introduced the family and Revelations 3 will, will clear that one. It might be something a lot simpler. It could be like a playable version of essentially what happened to George Trevor. You know, when Spencer let him escape from his cell, yeah. knowing the only place he'd end up was by his gravestone. It could be something similar to that in many regards. It's not a biohazard outbreak per se, it's just someone, for whatever reason, has been taken to this house and you're literally just trying to get the hell out of there. I know who you are. Who, who are you? You have the power to choose, but the outcome of that choice may not be what you expect. Actually, on that note, I just want to bring something out that just popped in my head, and I didn't actually think about it until now. So there's obviously a time difference between the VHS and the person you're playing as in the demo, who we don't actually know who it is. But the house hasn't changed drastically, but there are, like, in that lobby area that's got the front door that you try to escape out of, there's all of a sudden, like, mutilated cattle or horses or something just lying around and like there are some changes that are just slightly even more disturbing than what's already in the house in the VHS tape that have happened there's obviously something more to it. One thing we might maybe will come on to is there's obviously differences between the trailer that was released sort of officially and the actual you know what was showcased uh, when it was debuted you know at E3 where we got more of a kind of like a film montage as well attached to that and there were some images I mean maybe I was attaching too much importance to it because more would have been made of this guy in the wheelchair and you know it it may seem too easy to make references to Spencer but I mean looking up to a a close up of it it's very very similar not that I'm expecting it to be I don't know if anyone else noticed kind of some quite significant images that weren't in the gameplay that came in that trailer that we saw at E3 
Well, hey, the guy in the wheelchair is the real Wesker. That the rest of Wesker was a clone Wesker. I wouldn't mind it being the real Wesker, i.e. Dr. Wesker. No. Yeah, I was going to say that of the Wesker children. You just fucking seriously saved yourself in a sentence there. Oh, Because you were about to get unleashed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in terms of the the Wesker children program, there there would have been an initial father. I just think we need to just leave the Wesker stuff alone. We've gone from his son to his sister and now potentially his fucking clone we just need a game that doesn't have Wesker in it you know if, if it has to be Spencer yeah why not it can always be a flashback because if Umbrella was doing stuff here in the 80s fair enough have Spencer in it but we don't need Dr. Wesker I don't think not in this no and of course Alex Wesker is still with us in child form Oh, yeah, no, obviously, yeah, obviously the little girl is Natalia as well. It's it's bollocks. <laughs> no, no, I've you done know, a the, close-up. She's slightly taller. She's slightly taller. There's a picture of a girl on the wall. It's obviously Rebecca. It's just people are just pulling this stuff out of their ass. Wouldn't it be amazing? There's nothing new. This, be, is, this is nothing new. I know it isn't. Yeah, you're right. If the guy in the wheelchair is Spencer in a flashback, wouldn't it be the most amazing thing if this was the house that Spencer grew up in? He grew up in the UK. He was British. Oh, fuck, yeah. yeah. He he was British, wasn't he? This is in America. Yeah, but he was rich. He had houses all over the place. The Lost in Nightmares mansion, he was living in that in the 1950s. Why would he be in a wheelchair, though? Well, obviously the flashback's not going to be in the 50s, but... I mean, I will say, it does look a lot like Spencer in the wheelchair. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But then it's funny, because like the scribbled-out girl... The face on the trailer. Look, someone superimposed an image of Jill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, oh, no. it matches too well. No. It, it really does match. I don't want it to be because I don't want any of the original <laughs> casting, but I can't deny it does match really well. Quick, someone asked Julia Voth if she she'd been approached for this game. <laughs> Maybe it's just a placeholder, you know, they just put it in. Maybe or so. an Easter egg. Could we be looking too far back? Uh, could it not be Neo Umbrella? Oh, no. The main character in this game, Nick, is Tyler Hamilton. Yeah, he's the guy in the Art wheelchair. Thompson. I'm going for Art Thompson. <laughs> it's Tyler Hamilton as an old man in a wheelchair, and he went a bit mental after all the stuff happened in Confidential Report. And... Maybe this I... is uh, Vincent Goldman's mother's house. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Oh God, what if it's his mother in the <laughs> I wheelchair? Would die. That would be the best thing ever. Oh my God, <laughs> it really would. <laughs> And the new trailer of RE7 um, will be a flashback to Survivor. Remember the phone call. And There's going to be a flashback. And then, they, and then they announce a Survivor remake that you can download that day. Imagine that in a flashback scene with Vincent Mother's house and you're walking <laughs> past this door and all you hear is the phone call in the background going, It's your mother here! You know? The phone call in the demo, maybe it is Vincent's mother. <laughs> yes! Well, that leads us on because so many people are saying that's Ada. Oh, because I, I she's female. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it is at all. So this is a good point to ask everyone, I guess. On that same mindset, what does everyone think? They've obviously come up with this announcement that, along with Seven, that this idea of all the games are going to be different genres. And Brother is like action for the action fans. This is going to be horror for the horror fans, etc. Does everyone think this is a good idea? Splitting all these games into different genres in order to please everyone? For me, that's nothing new. They've done this yeah. for the last... 15 years. But now they're making yeah. it official. Well, yeah, but then I think they made that official back in 2000 when they had Survivor. If you were, a f- you know, if you like your light gun games, there's Survivor. If you like your online games, here's Outbreak. You know, it's... but these were all experiments. This is this is the thing. Like, so Survivor obviously came from the idea that they did first person because they couldn't do that for the original game on the PS1, but they managed to do so. And it's still realistically a traditional PlayStation Resident Evil experience. 
albeit from first person. Outbreak was because they had a network adapter and wanted to do an online game. That was the core reason for it, and it still plays like a traditional game. Like, these aren't massive differences. They're just features. That's like saying the VR in this one is the big difference and that all games going forwards are going to be VR or not. It's just something they've decided as, as the gameplay. But this is a huge... This is a bigger difference. This is literally saying we are going to release different types of Resident Evil games consistently because we're going to market them to the different fan bases. So instead of having a, a big mess of, of an event like Resident Evil 6 where they're trying to be seven different games in one, we are literally going to make a specific game for a specific audience. That's a much different statement. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. You know, because then at least... You know where you are at the beginning straight away. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you, you but, know if you're getting a numbered title, you know what you're going to get. You know, because the problem with six was it was sold as the game that would appeal to everybody. I can see the problem already, which is stuff like Umbrella Corps, which you're obviously not a fan of, but you're still going to, if you're going to be a Resident Evil fan, you're still going to have to play it if you want the canon, or you just have to choose to ignore it, and that's. Just- that's my problem with this. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but I would say in a different world, I would really, really like Umbrella Court if it was made better. Because the thing yeah. is, I enjoy those kind of games. I enjoy arena-based multiplayer shooters and things like that. My problem with Umbrella Core is not the genre it chooses to be in, it's how badly it's made. The quality of it. You take Unreal... you know, Epic Games, they made the Unreal Tournament series. In the last couple of years, they've remade Unreal Tournament from the ground up. And it is a similar sort of style, arena-based shooter with various team modes and things like that. It's free to play, and it's absolutely amazing. You know, the polish and the Everything about it is wonderful, and that's where Umbrella Corps goes wrong. It's not made well. I love the more action-packed Resident Evil games. I don't mind them at all. I have a fucking lot of fun with Six. I think Six is is fun. Six falters in many areas, but it's not its controls or necessarily its gameplay. Vehicle sections are diabolical, however. I think Ori 5 had the nice balance between horror and, and action. Uh, yeah, because uh, the action's uh, funny. I liked Ori 5. What are you talking about? We, 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 we've had that conversation. <laughs> I would like Umbrella Core if it were just better made. That, Where does that, it leave the Revelation series then? Because Revelation... Well, they'll still make that. Yeah, they are the side stories, but they predominantly use the over-the-shoulder thing, which is is fine. But a lot of the interviews that they've had for the 20th anniversary, they said we specifically made Revelations 2 to cater for the horror fans. But, you know, as much as it is quite a horror-y type game, it's still not a patch on the... I think that's superseded by the idea of this new game because obviously they weren't going to reveal that earlier. So I think realistically this is really the horror horror game that they're going for and now Revelations would probably be classed as something else. Maybe the non-action but more Resident Evil 4 focused one where it's a exploring action and a bit of horror as well. I don't know. Maybe that's not something they'll ever progress on again. They'll not make another game in that style. They may make another Revelations, but it would be in a different style again. I wouldn't be surprised if the Revelations tag goes now. No, I, I like it. I mean, as much as I, you know, I have issues with the first Revelations, I, I really do. Revelations Two was such a breath of fresh air, you know, and I love it. As far as I'm aware, I mean, they've got no reason not to. It sounds like it was reasonably successful. It was a low budget. You know, it wasn't a high budget game but it did reasonably okay they haven't complained about it they haven't said it's you know sold poorly or it's reviewed poorly or anything like it did reasonably well i don't see any reason why another game of a similar budget and release schedule of like a monthly release thing that they're doing in the episodic thing i just wonder where it would fit into the new kind of scheme going forward then 
if they're going to have one half of the franchise is going to be the action well, side is... of things and then you've got the other side is going to be the horror thing I would say Revelations 2 is slap bang in the middle this is part of my confusion about this idea of releasing of announcing that they're going to make all these different games because much as has been said and it's correct like previously they did make a bunch of different games just because you know and they have made different ones there's no doubt denying that but they've made them just as a as a response to how markets have been or how fans have reacted or whatever that or a technical reason but yeah revelations is kind of almost redundant if you have one end extreme action and one end extreme horror there doesn't seem to be a need for the middle ground but maybe they recognize that as an entirely different fan base that there is a third set that kind of want a little bit of both balanced in the way that revelations one two and Resident Evil 4 and to extent 5 did as well seems awfully complicated Robbie <laughs> well that's the, this is this is it this is why I asked the problem they said was like about this Resident Evil 7 they can't please everyone so we you know we're trying our best to balance and make these things but to me by releasing so many different game types or splitting these games because they are still trying to please everyone they're trying to make sure they don't piss off any of the fans by saying if you don't like horror but you like the action you can have that if you didn't like the action you wanted horror you've got this one like it's still trying to please everyone and I don't I don't know if it's a sensible move forward either I'm just as fickle well obviously <laughs> it's just I, I said earlier in the week that I think you know I tolerate Umbrella Corpse because it's a spin-off it's not supposed to be in the same way you kind of tolerate de- we, we love Dead Aim I speak generally but generally we, we do love Dead Aim but at the same time as a Resident Evil game as a Resident Evil game it's not brilliant I disagree I it's can't believe you've mentioned the two in the same sentence. Not in that way. It's a case of, you know, I, I like the Dead Aim storyline, I like the gameplay, but at the heart, it's a light gun game where you're going around shooting, shooting, and, it, it, you know, it's less survival horror than even Survivor well, 1. But why can't the series branch out to different genres? No, 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 that's, I like that it does that, but if Dead Aim was Resident Evil 4, for example... I'd have fucking adored it. I... No, I don't know. For me, the- this is the issue. Like to me, this still smacks the same problem I've been talking about for fucking however long it's been. That they still don't know what the franchise really is anymore. It is everything and it is nothing because there are so many different things facets to it game wise. I would agree with that. I yeah. would agree with that. So I just hope that the remake and the zero positive reception has taught them a few things. You know, I think so. I, no, nothing has pleased me more to do with the series in the last couple of years than how well received the remake was. I mean, God, we knew this because we played the GameCube version way back when, but so many people haven't played it. That's what surprised me the most. So, you know, I just assumed if you're a fan of the series, you, you buy the console that the series is on, but a lot of people evidently no. don't do that. No, no, lots of people skipped it. They bought a PS2 because it was a more popular console, or B, originally it was announced that Resident Evil 4 was going on that mm. console anyway. And so most just... people, they bought another console previously, it was a Dreamcast because of Veronica, and then they got burnt by it, so, so... they weren't going to repeat the same mistake. So to then see so many people enjoying Remake for the first time literally last year, where it was so good. We've and, had a good couple it, of 12 months, haven't we? You've had Remake 0, Revelations 2. Uh, yeah. it, it's been like, yes, yes! And then, and the, and, and then a Umbrella Corps comes out and just fucking ruins it. <laughs> but this is, you know, this is my problem. You know, this is my issue with Umbrella Corps, is that the Capcom were riding in a really fucking good wave up until then, and then they fucked it. You know, they should have just binned it. They should have binned it, because if they'd gone from Remake to Rev 2, 0... Six, five remasters, and then onto the four remasters, and you know, seven obviously on its way. There would really be no negativity, but Umbrella Core has just shit on this sort of parade quite a bit, you know, and it, it spoilt it. I just think it goes back to your earlier point that this game was probably 80% complete, maybe, by Slot 6, and 
they were like, we've invested too much money, we need to make something back. Finish yeah. it off, put it out, forget about it. Yeah, if they hadn't released it, we'd be still riding the sort of positivity of last year. You know, the remasters are coming out. Everyone's looking forward to the 4 remaster to see if Capcom have done anything with it. I just simply expect it will be the recent HD PC re-release. Yes. But, you know, that's still better than nothing. You know, it gives people the chance oh, to play. Oh, see, I've, I've got my issue with it as well. Is it's like, and I've said this to people, and, and it probably hasn't gone down very well, but it's just like, people rebuy the same game over and over again, and that's fine. But when Capcom puts out a lazy port, people yeah. still buy it, and then it just gives them more justification to do another lazy port rather than putting any effort into it. And when they put effort into it, we get stuff like the HD remaster, which they actually obviously did put effort into, partly because they had to, to make it work. But secondly, it made the environments work, and it made the whole game still work really well, you know, upscaled. And I would really hope that they would spend time working on 4 to make sure it's not, because that second release on PCs is almost pointless. It doesn't really add a lot of detail or anything to the I mean, the fan no. uh, HD is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It shows you how much work can actually be done in it. But if it ends up with the same kind of graphical issues and just lazy, why would you want to buy it again? Like, yes, aside from yes. replaying it on that console that you've got, there's no point. If you have it on PC, you've got one of already two copies. The yeah. thing that's frustrating is the fact that Capcom can do it. I mean, you know, if you look at the recent version of Devil May Cry 4, that came out on the PS4. They've added new modes, they've re-recorded a load of new dialogue, they've added new cutscenes to the game, there's new playable characters. You know, so they, they, they do have it actually within their capacity to take an older game, retweak it, make it worth selling again. You know, I, I was saying to people the other day, wouldn't it have been amazing if the first time you boot up Resident Evil 5 on the PS4, you're actually denied the main game and you actually have to play Lost in Nightmares first, you know, before you can even get to the title screen or whatever. We are deviating somewhat. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> we are deviating. Um, so I'm going to cut you off there in a very polite manner. That's fine. <laughs> as my duty as host. Interestingly, I think throughout for the past couple of years, I think I've been calling almost for a reboot of the series because I think we kind of got to a point where I think Batman, you're saying that they don't really know where to go with the storyline. They can't really make it any bigger without it turning into Resident Evil, the movie, the game. And this... I mean, I, I never wanted a reboot per se, but the, you know, the information we've got, the kind of field, it does appear to be very much a reboot of the series. And I wonder if it's going to be a bit like maybe RE4. They're going to start with maybe a new virus that's going to be the, the curse of the world or something like that. And... Probably, but I think they're not discarding everything that's come before. <laughs> no, 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 that, that's what I want. If it is an RE4-style reboot, I'm really not bothered because something needed to change. I think we've got a good precedent for uh, the idea that well, I'm hopeful anyway that perhaps with this, the way this kind of veiled reference to Umbrella and this kind of old-style throwbacks and isolation, much like all the theories, there's a good reason to connect it back into very early. The thing that I keep getting is we're listening to fans and people want kind of more, because of the remaster of Resident Evil, like this idea of something that's very similar to that original game concept, the isolation, the horror, the tension, that I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see more of like an origin thing that ties back in to the earlier virus concepts more than the later stuff. Yeah. And so if it's not a new virus, it's definitely something along the lines of the research that was done originally into the viruses themselves. That I that I could easily believe. I think it's interesting as well that they, that they seemingly they're taking a very Silent Hill route in having a very relatively ordinary person being, you know, the uh, the main character. None of them are ever specially trained in Silent Hill. Uh, I think with the exception of 
Stampo. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing I really loved about the earlier games, that even when you did have the stars, they were completely out their depth. Yes. And you still felt like you could have been a, a member. You know, I mean, Rebecca was so green, you know, herself. And even Chris and Jill. Jill was just quite sort of slim and skinny. You know, Chris, you know, wasn't the Chris we had in RE5. And Wesker was purposely throwing them out their depth. And he went with, didn't he purposely go with Bravo team initially? Because they were even more inexperienced than, than Alpha. And even with Leon in RE2, it was his first day on the job. Yeah. He was just an ordinary cop as well. All that adds up, doesn't it? And I think that the whole package with RE1 was that even though you were technically an elite uh, police unit, you did feel out of your depth. But that related down to camera angles, that related down to ammo, the kind of guns you got progressively through the game. I maintain the view that it's bloody difficult for modern games like RE7 to have the kind of over-the-shoulder camera, that third-person camera, and have that level of guns, because it's just too easy to get things like headshots. So it's it's interesting that they're kind of going down the Silent Hill route of just having an ordinary person who wouldn't... You know, you, he, they've got to almost create that kind of, oh, crappy rubbish. So he he's going to pick up bottles, or he's going to pick up, you know, a crowbar that he finds, and he's going to use that. And It's going to be in- interesting to see how literal... Capcom are going with this being an everyday ordinary person because mm. I've noticed in the demo you can't go up to any mirrors, like all the mirrors are dirty or cracked so you, you can never see your reflection so I'm interested to I, see you know. If I think it might be just because of the person in the demo Maybe, may not yeah. be the person yeah. from the final game so. Potentially, I just hope he's not going to be predominantly silent throughout you know, I hope mm-hmm. he is his yes. own character essentially yeah. This, this is whole part of a, a movement, I want to say, in, in game design right now as well, where um, people have gotten to the point where they're getting sick of being handholded on every game that they play. Where, like in like Resident Evil Six, um, where it's just constantly go to this location. This is your objective. This is where you're heading. Linear, directed, telling you where to go, what to do. Whereas a lot more games are getting to this idea of having more obtuse puzzles, more exploration, you know, and that's where all this kind of walking sims are going for. And in that respect, I think the game is a good direction as well because it's, again, adds that element of unknown. It's like exploring the mansion in the original game. You, you've kind of got, you're always going to get funneled in the right direction, but you've got this loose direction of self-control as well and what you look at, how you approach puzzles and, and when and where. Well, even even in the demo, you've got two endings, haven't you? And depending on the order of what you do, the phone call changes as well, the dialogue changes. So hopefully that's a good indication for plenty of varied choices in the game. Mm, I'm hopeful for that too. It's interesting how Capcom have flipped the colours on the Umbrella logo as well this year. Because if you, if you look at the Umbrella Core logo, the red and what, you know, because usually the red is north, south, east, west, but now it's on the diagonal axis. And if you look at the photo of the Umbrella helicopter, it's the same again. I don't know why they've oh. changed it. Because it's Neo Umbrella. I don't know, because Neo Umbrella used the same colours. It used the north, south, east, west. Oh, red. So I don't know Maybe. why they've changed it this year. It's really weird. It's, if you wanted a connection between Umbrella Core and Seven, there you go. The Umbrella logo has the colours going the same way. It's just, it's just <laughs> hope it's a continuity era that they just didn't think about. Is it continuity? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've tried looking it up online, and the colours generally are the red is north, south, east, west. Why don't you just tilt your head? Why? Yeah, but I don't know if that's how it works. Um, there's there's but, uh, variations on the design as well. Some of them have had directly sharp pointed uh, sides. Sometimes it's had a, a bevel kind of curve to the top. 
yeah. and points and it's, it's changed quite a lot I, I don't know if I can really read the colour directions into it any different than that but maybe who knows maybe there is a, an actual thought behind it if so why so I think what we want to do is what's your main hope go through each one what's your main hope oh, you know, based on what you've played or seen in the demo what's your main hope of seven start with Rombi I guess I'm I mean, the demo's given me hope that it could be an intriguing story. I'm very little, I've got very little concerns about it, which is nice as well. I'm, I'm relatively trying to be optimistic about it as well, because I'm so, you know, easily pessimistic about the series. And I, I'm very just genuinely hopeful that this is a good decision. I'm hoping it's not done for just the VR purposes, because I think we've all agreed that it's a really, uh, if it is specifically only because of the VR thing, it may end up being a gimmicky bad move. But, I'm hopeful with the with the writer of Spec Ops that there's... I mean, the dialogue, that's another thing we haven't touched on, is the dialogue in the VHS tab feels reasonably natural and quite well-written, and I, I was quite happy with that as well. So for more of that and more of that tone, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Batman? I'm just looking forward to having a more grounded experience. I'm pleased they've moved away from the whole global aspect with massive bioterrorism incidents. I just want it to be realistic horror based on real science that's potentially exaggerated just like the first game i want a character who we can relate to in as much as you know he doesn't have a clue what's going on and you know it's a mystery story it's a small mystery story with horror elements i don't even know what i want from a resident evil 7 game to be honest but from what i've seen so far i'm, I'm quietly happy i'm a bit like Romby. there's nothing in there which is you know giving me too much cause for concern Stars? I'm hugely positive toward it and, and I can't wait to see where they go with it. You know, my greatest hope for the game is that they get like the combat really right and I, I would love it. A lot of people are thinking in the demo the goal is to get to the th- third floor and people have managed to glitch the top floor and there is a room beyond. And I just keep thinking, you know, like what if you had Capcom presented us with a game where you're in a house kind of environment and you know where you need to get to and you hear a crash downstairs and then you know something's coming to get you. And you know that you're not a stars member, you're not anyone really hard, you're just literally holding an axe in your in your hands and you manage to fight off something and all you're trying to do is just get to where you need to be and you cannot stop what's coming, you know, and then you just hear another crash or and you know, and I just I just really hope they nail the combat, I really do. I wouldn't even mind if when they introduce shotguns or guns you actually have to stand still and you can't move again because you've actually got to take care to aim properly because you're not adept at using firearms, so you've got to think about what you're doing. If you get a shotgun, you know, wouldn't it be good if you actually had a really slow reload? Imagine the tension as something bursts through a door and it's coming towards you and you think, Fucking hell I've got to get this shell in you know, and then you have to yeah. stand still and aim. I, you know, I, I really hope that you know, as much as the game has slowed down the exploration, you know, because it's first person, you're exploring the environments. The combat's the biggest thing, and they've confirmed combat's in there. And you know, one of the stills they've released has shown there's a shotgun lent up against the wall. And I don't want to play as a superhero anymore. I want to feel vulnerable. I want to feel scared. Don't bite my head off. I wonder. If you're going to go down this person who's never picked up a gun before, perhaps he's a bit like the old Barry stores. I don't touch no guns, that kind of crap. But he has to in that kind of situation. He picks up the shotgun. Wouldn't it be interesting if they had, as I said, don't bite my head off, a slightly Gaiden-esque system? Not left, right, left, right, but a kind of like, you know, you hold it, but you're petrified, so you're shaking, so it's all going all, all over the place, and you can easily miss, because that's the only way I really feel that that kind of, that's just To be that's fair, though. That's a great idea. Didn't they suggest that they brought that into Dark Side Chronicles, and that was well, all the... 
Well, no, but the thing is, though, if you play Resident Evil 5 and you hold a pistol and you try and shoot, like, one of the blue medallions at a distance, your hand sways. Yeah. You know, so if, if they adapted that to a first person but accentuated it so it, it has more of a sway, you mm. know, if you play, like, a Battlefield game and you try and use a scope and don't hold your breath, the scope sways and it's really, really fucking hard to hit. Well, if, you, if you're trying to do that while something's fucking running at you in, in a tight corridor, that's terrifying. Yeah. You know, that is really fucking scary because they, there's no guarantee. You have to actually be better than the game to be I able think to it's get... something that's particularly hard to get right, though, because it was particularly frustrating with Dark Side Chronicles. Um, yeah, it was, They did yeah. make a whole big idea about the fear, and, and I think one of the differences and improvements they were saying it was going to have an over and above umbrella was the, yeah, the idea that the camera would sort of move and, and swear around, affecting your aim. They also tried something similar in Resident Evil 6 as well, particularly with the sniper rifle. If you tried to aim through that, it was shaking all over the place, and the only way to sort it out was to get the steady aim skill point. Oh yeah, that's true. But I like the idea that what happens in the gameplay will have more of an effect on that. There was that game on the GameCube, um, Eternal Darkness, but it, it's kind of a psychological thriller. And as the fear induces, I mean, it would even make you think the volume had gone up, and it would make you think that your game had turned off without saving it. And um, it, it really tried to play on the psychological thing. But the more you became fearful, and the more fearful experiences you encountered, the less control you had over the over sort of the aiming and things like that. What's your hope then, Paul, for, for RE7? That's where we're kind of at the moment. Your biggest hope, your one single hope. That it keeps very much in the vein of the demo and that we don't have another sort of Hookman scenario. I think with the release date of January set in stone, that won't happen. But yeah, no, just that it stays in that same vein, but that it doesn't become a, a VR kind of a gimmicky. Right, okay. Uh, what do I want? I, yeah, I, I agree with George. The vein of, of the demo is certainly something that I have been drawn to and something that I, I feel the series was in desperate need for. I really like the kind of Cabin in the Woods style vibe it's going for. I don't think the game will be like that and I have a feeling, I have a sneaky feeling that when we come back probably in September to discuss it again, I think our discussions will be somewhat different. I don't think it's going to stay that isolated. I think it's going to expand. I've just got a horrible feeling, and called me a cynic, that we're, we're going to be a bit disappointed with what we see of the game proper. But I, I hope not, I hope not. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, the kind of uh, Until Dawn on PS4. That's got to be one of the most terrifying games. But if I can just end my little bit on Resident Evil 7, going back to Condemned Criminal Origins, I think Capcom are massively influenced by that game. It's primarily melee based, there's guns in it, but there's so little ammunition in there, you've got to be really, really careful with it. It's also full of like psychological horror aspects, like I know Capcom have said there'll be nothing supernatural in the final game, but in Condemned you're playing as like a disgraced FBI agent, and he's constantly hallucinating because he's taking cocktail mix of like alcohol and pills. There's one cracking level where you're going through like a derelict department store and there's loads of mannequins everywhere. It's in first person, obviously, and as soon as you walk past the mannequin, if you stop and turn around, the mannequin has moved closer to you. Oh, man. And a bit like the angels from Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah, exactly like that. And every time you turn around, these fucking mannequins are getting closer and closer to literally filling up the entire screen. It's a really, really cool effect. If Resident Evil 7 can do that as well as Condemned did, then I don't think we're disappointed. We don't have any call-ins, but we do have a message from a new member of Project Umbrella, Dan from Umbrella, that's his name. He is obviously keen to hear our views on RE7, and his general question for us was whether it's restored faith that 
Remake 2 will be better because we've had this little snippet of what RE7 is going to be. Very quickly, please, without everyone losing their minds. No. <laughs> if anything, the direction of Resident Evil 7 just makes me even more confident that Remake 2 won't oh. be anything like the original Resident Evil 2 in terms of the camera and how it looks. But what if it's like RE7? First person. Not necessarily first person, but like if, if they can nail maybe an RE7 atmosphere in Remake 2, it probably it's always going to have a slightly different vibe. I've no, I've no doubt the atmosphere will be much more toned down than the likes of 4, 5 and 6, but I still think they haven't a hope in hell of, in recapturing the uh, original magic. I think it's a doomed project and they just shouldn't bother. I agree. I totally agree. I think they had their chance with Darkseid and they fucked every aspect of that. Yeah. There's no part of Darkseid Chronicles I choose over the original. Not That's... a single fucking part. Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to think this has been such a negative cast on it even though Seven's brilliant you know we all yeah. tend to agree it's like a positive step everything, everything around it is fucking horrible <laughs> it really is we'll just blame my brother of course my answer is similar to John's Batman I think if anything it's going to have an even more negative just in fact almost gives Capcom an excuse to err away from that and, and you know bringing it up to date with things that are just going to completely detract from the survival horror because they think they're, you know, dishing up survival horror through RE7. Resident Evil 7 doesn't make that impact, but what makes the impact is the same thing I brought up earlier, which is this idea about different games to different people. And in that respect, what, where does Resident Evil 2 Remake fit for that audience? Is it like a Revelations 2 title? It's clearly not an action title, but it's not going to be anywhere near as horror as Resident Evil 7. So for that reason, I'm not very confident... I think one one point I sort of almost bury because I think it, it's it's the most poignant. Batman made the point that the RE2 remake project had no atmosphere at all, and that tried to keep as religiously to the RE2 layout, the original layout, and everything about the game, and they did. So yeah, that that's my biggest concern actually that that they're just they're not going to be able to recreate the atmosphere with this next generation console and all these new mechanics. Well, there we go. I hope, uh, I hope that answers your question. With that, we will wrap up our Resident Evil demo discussion and we'll move on to this podcast edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New format. New questions. And new challenges. A new quiz to test the resolve. Neptune's Biohazard Quiz! (laughs) 
So hello and welcome to this edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. We have some devilish questions, I think is the best term to describe. They've come from Crimson Head Elder and from USS Command, both members of uh, George is your website. There is one question, question number five, that George, I've been told you should get this one. Okay. Question five is by USS Command, and I've been told, got this on the question, GT should get some of this. So there we go. Right, so if everyone can clear their desktops, open up Notepad if you want. Here we go. Question number one. So the first four come from Crimson Elder. This is a voice actor question. Oh, God. No, for fuck's sake. The voice actor for Richard Aiken in Darkseid Chronicles is Yuri Lothenthal. But what other character in the series has he played? Hang on a minute. Richard Aiken in what game? Darkside Chronicles. Richard, Richard Aiken wasn't in Darkside Chronicles. Chronicles. What the fuck are you on about? It's a void question. Richard Aiken was voiced by Joe White, who voiced Chris Redfield. Yes, exactly. Uh, don't blame me. Don't blame me. You can't blame me for this. I, I just copy him out. Is that umbra- he meant Umbrella Chronicles, not Darkside Chronicles? Yeah, I was going to say maybe he meant. There we go. That's what he meant. Umbrella Chronicles. So that's just your fault for reading it out wrong. Yeah, don't blame. I, me I, I, I will blame Crimson. Don't stop but... blaming my staff members. <laughs> I will, because he put DSC. I literally copied and pasted it. So hang on, you got your staff members to write the questions for this I quiz that you're doing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's a job. Yeah, they've been very kind to send me lots of very difficult questions. So we'll start again. The voice actor for Richard Aiken in Umbrella Chronicles is Yuri Lothenthal. But what other character in the series has he played? And it's not... Con- <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It's not confined to Umbrella Chronicles. So he's voiced, you mean another character in Resident Evil? Yes. Oh, okay. and not necessarily that game? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that for, for nothing. It's another game entirely. Okay, question number two. After the stars was disbanded, the RPD replaced them with another unit. What was this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I didn't know that answer, but that goes without saying. Question number three. This is an odd one out question. I will say, as a caveat, there are lots, obviously, lots of answers. Uh, I think the usual Biohazard Stars rules apply. I have a particular answer, so you might want to try and get into my mind as to what you think I think would be the answer. Mm-hmm. So, which is the odd one out of the following characters? Yoko Suzuki, David Ford, Kevin Ryman. Do you repeat that? Yeah. So which is the odd one out between the following characters? Yoko Suzuki, David Ford, or Kevin Ryman? Am I allowed to Google Kevin Ford? I presume he was no. in Outbreak. No, no bloody not. Well, it's not part oh, of the... Can I look up the <laughs> okay, answers I haven't, I haven't... I'll just look up Yuri What's-His-Name's resume, shall I? Wait, why <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what? I, I just searched for the answer, and I'll give you the answers, and it'll be great. <laughs> God, that was amazing. <laughs> No, is I think is the answer you're looking for. How do you, how do you spell that voice actor's name? Fucking <laughs> 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 okay, hell, that's amazing. Um, so question number. Four. I asked. Yeah. <laughs> question. <laughs> question number four. Which non-playable character shares his name with an actor to play the Doctor in the rather excellent Doctor Who series? Sorry, question again. That one was a mind-bender. Go I on. didn't understand a word of that. Yeah, <laughs> go on, Nick. I wrote this question three times. I ran it past the wife because I, I, know what, I know what answer I wanted and I could not, for the life of me, put it down. Which non-playable character shares his name with an actor to play the Doctor in Doctor Who? So he's played the Doctor in Doctor Who, this actor? Yes, and, and yes. Full name or last name? 
No, full name, full name. So his real name oh. in real life, the actor, is a name in Resident Evil. Is a non-playable character. Does anyone want a clue? Yeah. 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 He's an employee of Raccoon Zoo. <laughs> oh, fucking another outbreak question. This comes courtesy of uh, Resident Evil Wiki. And finally, question number five. This is from USS Command. And welcome, gentlemen, to non-canon corner. Oh, yes. What? So th- this is one that George Trevor should get, or at least some of it. Name a brand of beer seen in Operation Raccoon City. What? He's just saying that to take the piss. Why? <laughs> I've never... <laughs> Why would I know? I don't know. I don't... It's non-canon corner. I think this might become a regular occurrence. This, you know. this quiz. Some of the questions in the... <laughs> this, oh, is this is one of the hardest quizzes ever, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> It's not like, you know, testing our timeline ability. It's basically, this is as bad as that fucking question a few years back where we had to freeze frame a 0.5 second image on Damnation <laughs> to find out the fucking brand of the laptop. I think you're going to have that? to start banning people from, like, I think Vito and USS Command, I think, need to be banned from sending in questions. Okay. Well, I'll pass those thoughts on. That concludes the quiz. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. That farm belongs to the Peacock family. So welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Question number one came from Crimson Elder. Mistakenly, but there we go. The voice actor for Richard Aiken in Umbrella Chronicles was Yuri Lothenthal. But what other character in the series did he play? I think this could be guesswork. We'll start with George Trevor, the master of voice actors. Yeah, I've got no idea. Um, uh, it must be after Umbrella Chronicles. Um, I'm going to say William Birkin. Okay. In Operation Raccoon City. Oh, very specific. Batman? Oh, I haven't got a clue. I don't have any interest in voice actors. I'm going to guess Steve Burnside in Dark Side Chronicles. Okay. Uh, Rombie? I have no idea. I'm. Do we get half a point if we guess the right game? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm, tell you um, I'm on the same bandwagon. It'll be after to that game. I'm guessing someone in Resident Evil Six, but I know clue who. I no, I have no idea. <laughs> Stars. It's interesting. George said he thinks he plays uh, Birkin in Operation Raccoon City. I had no answer for this question, but I, now he said that, I'm going to go for Birkin in Umbrella Chronicles. Sadly, it's no points. It's Neil Fisher. Oh, no. Ah, mm. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thunk? There we go. Right. So, no points there, I'm afraid. So, after the stars were suspended, the RPD replaced them with another unit. What was this? Rombie, did you know? There's two uh, two answers here. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was some sort of SWAT team. Um, I think it's the one that we see 
in Resident Evil 3. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, George? It's a good, yeah, it's a good question. I'm surprised that it's not like a sort of really commonly known answer. Um, I don't, I've got no idea. So this was a direct replacement for stars? Yep. I'm trying to think of dead bodies in RE3 and what and uniforms are wearing. No, I don't know. Okay. Um, Star Tyrant? Isn't it the unit that Kevin Ryman and Leon are going to be part of because they wear the same uniform, but I don't know what it's called. Okay. Batman? It's just Raccoon SWAT, but it was mistranslated as the Raccoon Select Police Force. Very good. Points there for Batman and for... Rombie, yes, it's correct. Very good, Batman. Forgetting both of it, it was correct. That's Raccoon SWAT or the Select Police Force, which was the mistranslation. Which is that featured in, then? Which uh, source? It's just, it's got, just in I've the archives it. book. Is it? No, right. John, welcome back. Can I ask you the questions you want to, so you can have a go? Yeah, sure. No, so question number one was the voice actor for Richard Aiken in Umbrella Chronicles is Yuri Lodenthal. Mm. What other character in the series did he play? He's done a lot of voice work, like, in anime and stuff like that. Has it? Oh, right. Yeah, I think he was in, like, uh, the Tales of series as well. Um, Yuri... Right, let me think here. Right, let's see. Because he was, uh, what was he, Richard Aiken in The Brother Chronicles? Yes. Uh, I'm going to take a guess. I'd say Carlos Oliveira in The Brother Chronicles. I don't know. It was Neil Fisher. Ah, okay. Uh, question number two we've just done. Uh, you cheekily get this point. Um, after the stars was disbanded, the RPD replaced them with another unit. What was it? Now, I only heard... <laughs> I only overheard someone say select police force as I was putting a headset on. And I remember hearing that and going, that can't be right. Because I remember that being a thing somewhere. In a, I think it was archives. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds guy. very authentic, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep going. But what were they replaced with? Um, I think it was a SWAT team or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Point Can there. I look up the answers while wow. we quiz, please? So, oh, select say. police force wasn't this translation. Can I just Google yeah. that? Is that all right? <laughs> Very good. Okay, but well, I'll, I'll give you the point, John. Just for fucking the... hell! <laughs> hello. Fucking hell! Well, hello. Are you serious? Nick, can you come to me last on every question from now, on <laughs> so I can uh, so I can can pick and choose the best answer? No, no, fair point. You're yeah. not having that. We're now on to question three. So listen up, John. Uh, which is the an, an odd one out question? This so which is the odd one out between the following characters: Yoko Suzuki, David Ford, or Kevin Ryman? John, you need some time to think. So we'll start with Batman. Um, Kevin Ryman and David Ford were both police officers and Yoko wasn't. Okay. Um, George Trevor? I, so I thought it had something to do with NASA. Um, um, <laughs> that's me. Fucking Jesus. This quiz, It's killing me. This quiz is the umbrella core of our podcast. It's fucking ruined. Oh, dear. We haven't got the answer yet. Oh, God. Right, go, Kevin. <laughs> Can I just ask, where did NASA come I've, from? I've, I've, got, I've got no idea. If you Google David Ford, you get that. He's an astronaut in real life, I think. Because I just use pictures of astronauts. So you admit to go- using no Google one? I thought I could at least be allowed to know what game he was in. I thought Nick would tell us who he was. Can I just... I've never Googled anything before on this quiz. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. You can guess. I suppose you get oh, half, um, half a what, point for getting the right person. Who's the odd one out? Yeah. David Ford, because he's the only one who's got a, a namesake who's an astronaut. 
I like your train of thought. The caveat, of course, to this question was you've got to think like me, and I, I think very weird. Uh, Stars Tyrant? Well, there's so many answers. There are so many answers, that's right. Because, you know, you could say David Ford, Kevin Ryman are RPD officers and Yoko isn't. Mm-hmm. So Yoko's the odd one out. You could say David Ford's the only character that hasn't been represented physically in a game. So then he's the odd one out. Yep. You could say he's also the odd one out because he's not in Outbreak. Mm-hmm. So it really is up to whatever the answer is. You know, this is worse than the fucking lottery. This is. How, how do I know you're just not going to change the answer? Because I've got the answer what? written down, and it's. Then so I'm Sean, don't worry if you don't win the lottery. Just ask, and you can draw the numbers again if your numbers don't win. <laughs> then I'm going to say. Then I'm going to say it will be Yoko because she's not an RPD officer. Okay. Uh, Rombi? I was going to guess Yoko. I had no idea why. I just was pecking at random. <laughs> okay. And Mr. Spencer? Well, this is like what Sean said, isn't it? When it's like, you could, it could be it could be any of them. Yep. Because of various reasons. So this isn't about finding the truth to something. This is about how what, how to get inside your fucking mind. Correct. Right? And Which I'm thinking, shit. right. Which is stupid. <laughs> right? So I'm going to think, right, this is okay. This goes back. This goes back to the old Shooting Stars style question. You remember Shooting Stars when there used to be, name a breed of dog, and someone <laughs> would say Labrador, and it's, no, it's German Shepherd, and they would fucking get the answer wrong. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a ridiculous. load of bollocks. Right? So now, I think the, the, the key to answering this question correctly is to think, right, what would Nick say? Now, what's yeah. Nick like as a person? Let's see, he's conservative, voted leave, Daily Mail reader... Um, I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, if, if this is if this is Nick's question, then the answer will be wrong. Yeah, I'm, 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 I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna say it's um, Yoko because she's not a police officer. It's the obvious answer, but again, it worries me because it's obvious. But I'm gonna go with that. Sadly, I say on a, on a legal point, I can't be done for cheating because I accidentally googled Kevin Ford. Right, not not whoever you are. It's Ke- Kevin you you, are, you actively admit to having a browser open during the quiz? It's fucking unbelievable. Who the fuck's Kevin Ford? He's a NASA astronaut and retired US Air Force. Okay. It's unbelievable. How many times do you have the browser open? I opened it. I didn't have it open. Well, there's one for Paul, well, obviously. This throws it's the David whole Ford. quiz into disrepute. No, well, I, it was already on you, you porn, so I just. <laughs> well, we know it. We know where it was because we remember that fucking podcast, don't we, boys? When uh, <laughs> the porn boys happened, yeah. Let's get back to the answer. Now, the clue was actually in the names. The odd one out was Kevin Ryman, because the other two are brands of car, where Ryman is a stationer's. That just makes me angry. There was no fucking way, because you know, <laughs> that, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pissed now. I'm fucking annoyed. Yeah, I know, that makes me annoyed as well. It's not even a Resident Evil themed answer. That's what I mean. Let, no. Let me just, let me just continue. Because protest, protest. Is, you know we would come at it from a law point of view. <laughs> That is basically I'm like saying that, that is that is the equivalent of saying what are the six lottery numbers that are going to be drawn tonight, and if you get one wrong, the answer is wrong. It's fucking bollocks. Do you know what the answer to what? this is? Everyone just gets a point anyway. <laughs> Except Paul, because he googled stuff. <laughs> <laughs> The answers that were given tonight were logical. They were within the series. We gave canon sort of reasons for it, but, but no, yeah. it's because we didn't know the car manufacturers. No. Fuck this off. Is, that. 
It's quite obvious, Suzuki no, Ford. No. Balls to I, know, I, I know that now. Fucking hell. Part, you've, man- part, Sean, you've, you've managed right? to induce more hatred than umbrella court. Oh, you know the worst part? The worst part is this, Sean, right? If you turn round now and rightly say to Paul, well, hang on, he's been Googling. That's cheating. That's against the rules. He'll just go, but, but, I mean, NASA, there was some NASA thing here with that. <laughs> And he fobs his way out of it. He fobs his way out of it. That's not an answer. <laughs> Did that even mean what? <laughs> George will probably win this quiz. <laughs> Cheated his way to it. Oh, sorry. sorry. I'm crying my eyes out. <laughs> that question I, is, is I, fucking I, bullshit. <laughs> Fine, fine. Points to Batman, Mrs. Spencer, <laughs> Stars Tyrant, and Rombie. <laughs> well, I don't see the problem. I asked for permission. The only I actually I said, am I allowed to Google Kevin Ford? I'll <laughs> take to the streets of London and protest, see if that do any good. Why can't we just have normal Nick. questions like, name the first and last names of every playable character in, of the core cast in Outbreak? Not what characters in the Resident Evil series have their coincidences with fucking car manufacturers. Jesus Christ! Come on, Nick, sort it out. Yes, yes, okay. Well, the correct answer was Kevin because his surname begins with R. That's how stupid your answer is, Nick. It's a fucking omni shambles of a quiz, this. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Moving on. Which non-playable character shares his name with an actor to play the Doctor in Doctor Who? So we have the clue that he was an employee of Raccoon Zoo. I'm sure I've seen the name Peter Davidson on the RE Wikia, so I'm going to say Peter Oh, go okay, George Davidson. Strait in there with Peter Davidson. That's the, uh, the fifth Doctor. Stars Tarrant. The only name that pops into my head, and it's really weird, and so I'm hoping it's premonition, um, is Colin Baker. I don't know why. Uh-huh. I have no idea why. It's probably wrong. Rombie? I have no idea. I don't watch Doctor Who. <laughs> Fool on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no clue whatsoever. No. Mr. Spencer? Well, let's see. Smith is a very common surname. Yes. I think Matt Smith. I'm, I want to say Matt Smith. I'm going to say Matt Smith. Because I bet you're right. Just because I'm. Uh, yeah, he's a I, know big fat I bet man. I know where you've got it from. There's a file, isn't there, in Outbreak with a list of all the zoo employees. Maybe. For like an evaluation. But I can't think of who. Patrick Troughton. <laughs> the second doctor. You're arch- just showing off. The- I know the doctor's. Yeah, yeah that's fair. A point for Mr. Spencer. It's Matt Smith. I knew I'd be Matt Smith. Is it, is, it, is it off that file, that evaluation employee form? I think so. Bastard. I think so. <laughs> I too many damn Matt Smiths. Why don't I just guess no. that? What a fucking cunt. Because I was nearly going to go for Matt Smith. Uh, was that, is that a good enough question for was, you? It was too it was obvious. Better one. Well, better no, one. because it relied on your knowledge not of Resident Evil, but of Doctor Who. Doctor Who actors. Yeah, so oh. Rombie can't answer it because he doesn't know about Doctor Who. No, it's, I think it's another disgraceful question. I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna... his fault for not being British, isn't it? <laughs> we have Doctor Who here. Yeah, the <laughs> ones in the 70s, because that's where your country's <laughs> still at in the timeline of history. <laughs> right, okay. Well done, Mrs. Spencer, for getting the point there. So, uh, question number five was welcome to non-canon corner, brought to you by USS Command. So, can you name a brand of beer seen in Operation Raccoon City? I say it's guessable. It, it, it's Resident Evil related, so it's, it's quite in, in the same way, I suppose. Um, if I ask if I can cheat, would that be all right? Well, yeah, it might be. It might be. But, <laughs> do you want to go first? Oh, fuck knows. Um... It's really tongue-in-cheek. It's really naff. Arkley Ale. Arkley, that's a good shout. 
Mr. Spencer? Um, let's see. So it's a tongue-in-cheek joke. It's meant to be something stupid or whatever. Yep. Arcs is a bit too much of a, a stretch for even the people who work at Operation Raccoon City worked on it. They're not going to be that smart to go to that. They're going to be something even stupider. <laughs> you come back to me, please, while I'm thinking. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, Star Star? Raccoon Red. Okay. Uh, Rombi? I have no idea. Played it once. You can hazard a guess. Try car manufacturers, you're close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Actors who are in Blake 7. <laughs> <laughs> no, no guess. I'm going to guess there's something to do with something to do with herbs or something because you put plants in for beer so okay green herb or red herb something or other or blue herb ale uh, or something yeah back to mr spencer virus ale i don't know struggle with that <laughs> shit well would you adam and eve it Romby gets a point oh fucking google <laughs> <laughs> Red Herb IPA. There we go. It's the Ale of Ale, as it's described in the game. I feel slightly sorry for Sean, because I was going to give him half a point for saying red. But then I'm afraid, um, Rombie outdid you, which means, let's look at the final scores. It means Batman and Mr. Spencer finish on one point. That's in second place. George Trevor and Stars Tyrant, sadly, with zero points. Rombie, this week's winner again with two points. Hey, didn't I get a point for the fucking shambles yeah. of a question? Yeah, yeah, we all got a yeah. point except George oh, Trevor. Oh, man, <laughs> I, I, I came bottom and I, and I used Google. <laughs> I thought I thought we all got a point. Oh, okay. for well, the yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, that's just a fair point. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. So we're on reflection. Fuck. Well, no, no, I, I didn't oh think it made. I didn't God. think it made a difference, but then it did. I realised. Can't even do the fucking scores right, let alone the questions. <laughs> 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 I wish I'd, I wish I'd missed this now. I wish I was still at Tesco back getting food. I wish I'd missed this fucking mess of a quiz and not had to get involved in it. I wish I'd just played Umbrella Corps. Mm, better than this. <laughs> I'm coming, you love it, you love it. So in last place is George with zero, then Stars Tyrant with one, Batman and Mr. Spencer share second place with two points, and the sixth winner with three points is Rombie! Yay! So, well done, Rombie. I think that's two podcasts on the trot now. Well done. See, this is why I voted leave, because you get all these foreigners coming over here, winning our quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we'll leave the quiz. Join us next time, where we'll have some even better questions. You love the quiz. It brings much-needed humour to what is normally a doom and gloom podcast. I, I, I love the I quiz. Love... I just I hate the fucking questions and I hate I hate the bloody <laughs> So you love the quiz as a concept, but hate everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like the European Union. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, so uh, next podcast, we are going to be opening the can of worms that is Umbrella Corpse. Um, we will have medics on standby, ready to try and bring Star's Tyrant back to life. Hmm. <laughs> I can't wait for the standoff. This is going to be great. And then we'll take a vote at the end of it to see who do we who do we think's right over this? Is it Star's Tyrant or Batman? This is so- going to be another fucking referendum, isn't it, about Umbrella Corps this time? <laughs> Why not? Why not? So on that note, we will uh, bid you farewell. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope you've all enjoyed it. It's always always a good laugh to record it. So uh, it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. 
Goodbye from me, Star Siren. Goodbye from me, Robbie. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. And it's good night from me, Mr. Spencer.